0: Welcome back everybody to the latest episode of Are You Not Entertained? A podcast that goes from high macro finance to fan pop chat to the the bleeding edge of Web3. Today I'm joined uh, in the Entourage funded Web3 series by my young colleague, Andy Marston. Uh, good to see you, Andy.
1: Yeah, good to see you, Raj.
0: Uh, background to Andy Bean in this room is uh, I, I saw this young lad doing a sports newsletter called Sports Pundit uh, when I thought he had an amazing amount of talent, younger generation driven. And I thought, I think one of my investee companies could do something like that. And we brought him from the sports agency world where he was doing very well and is now right at the core of Entourage Media. And more importantly, right at the core of today's um, subject matter, which is our flagship project, our flagship. Tell us a little bit, Andy, about not not so much the project, a little bit your your entry into Entourage and the kind of like, as I say, all this fast moving space in the last six months, the white paper that you were involved in writing. Give us a little bit of a background about how you spend your days.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, right now my days are spent very busily uh scrambling across discord and twitter and getting things together for this project there's a lot of learning new things i don't think anyone in this space is is an expert so there's just constant learning and i think that's been my philosophy since i started the the newsletter is to just keep learning about different things happening in the industry and see where i can apply them and see where i can i can use things that other people have much people uh people much smarter than me have written and then, and then see how I can apply them, and uh, Johan's one of those people that's a lot smarter than me, and uh, yeah, having his guidance and getting to kind of listen to him uh, on a daily basis, sort of speaking about uh, not just Web3, but also content and kind of where he sees that whole landscape going is, is really interesting.
0: It is, you know, we, we live in a world now that the content ecosystem is changing. You look at the trends like the Manning brothers and how they've changed the way the NFL is, is shown. So I think that is for me a big trend that Web3 is gonna allow protagonists that don't necessarily come from the classic journalism broadcasting background and come more from the field to take a major part in content. And getting closer to the fans, and and for that reason, I'm so delighted today that we we've we've got Phil Jones on the show. Phil Jones, uh, England, and currently Manchester United, one of my favourite players, because I'm a follower at the end of the day, and I follow the experts. And from whether it was Fabio Capello or Alec Ferguson, I think Phil Jones uh, represents almost a dying breed of the kind of player that represents the classic footballer from United Kingdom. Uh, I think um, the promise of his early career was right in, in the assessments that they gave him and obviously injuries have, have been a, a bit of a part of that. So I'm delighted uh, that we can bring Phil in and we can discuss about how he sees he wants to get involved in Web3 and how it can function for him. Phil, how are you?
2: How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: We we started this, I got a phone call, I think it was about November time from, from John Colquhoun, your your business partner. And he said, look, Phil's seeing all this NFT stuff, but it's not the kind of thing that he wants to do. How can we think about getting involved in this in a better way? And that was the start of what we're talking about this, um, this week. From your side, I mean, how, how did you live the 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 whole um, concept of NFTs been discussed in dressing rooms and how some other of your player colleagues were were dealing with them and how did you want to do something different?
2: Yeah, so I think it came about where you know I got the more I delved into it, the more I heard of. I think one of my first things I I typed in on the internet was was what's the metaverse? Like I didn't have a clue. It was all new to me. I wanted to understand more. And I guess the, the, the further I delve deeper into it, the, the more I understood it, the more I got to grips with how it works and what it's about and, and the people that are involved in it. Um, and I think from, from the earliest projects that I wanted to get involved in, um, you know, I really learned a lot about that, a lot about the communities and how they build them and how they, um, how they use their utilities and, and, and all those things that involve uh, having a project and it just and i'm i'm one of those guys that if if something excites me and really excites me I want to be a part of it I want to do something myself and be unique um so yeah so that was my earliest conversation with John and then, and then obviously we got in, t- in contact with you guys which was great and then for sure that was deadly, we we built something up um over Zoom, many zoom calls many Back and forth texts and, and and WhatsApp groups and things. So it's been it's been an exciting thing to to build. Um, one that you know I'm, I'm super super proud of. Um, and something different. Sometimes I think you know I love football. I think sometimes you can have you know that escape, and and this is this is my escape.
0: Well, the thing Phil that from my point of view that gave me a lot of confidence that w- we were going to do something really good with you is that well, there's two or three things that struck me that day one of your questions being um, what about gas fees? I don't want uh, folk to be um, paying a huge amount of gas fees for transacting in NFTs. I thought, this guy's prepped, right? Okay, let's let's change the, the gears a little bit. Then, you know, the other thing you said very early doors was this isn't going to work unless we eliminate any kind of reputational risk. This isn't about trying to get on a, a, a kind of like moment in time, some kind of fad that, you know, and, and that was the thing for me that I'd seen a lot of footballers get involved in NFTs. And I thought, this isn't right. And, and and you know, so when you came on and you were saying that you wanted to do something different and needed to be such that we, we came out of it smelling of roses, how then does that translate into fleshing out a project? Where's the next step after you've put those principles down?
2: Well I think I think when you talk about the other the other footballers and, and, and athletes who have been involved in an IT project so far um I really I, I got into it I mean we're talking six seven months ago so I really wanted to understand and study it rather than just jump into something I mean that's what I'm like as a kid I was like that so you'd, you'd get a toy straight away at Christmas but you'd want to use it straight away and not know how to use it and get frustrated so I really wanted to take my time with it and really understand the, the mechanisms of even creating a, a wallet to, to, to mint things, to, to be part of communities, to talk in the Discord channels, and all these things that sound so simple to everybody probably listening was 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 so alien to me. It was just about me building that sort of platform up in my head to be able to create something that I was. I built one. I believed in it strongly, and two, I had the tools sort of in my head and, and the help with with you guys to to really build something that I thought was was one that had a lot of longevity to the project and it was sustainable and 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 make it fun and make it relaxed and make it enjoyable for people to get involved in.
0: So Andy, let me come to you then with that. We, we get a, a very famous footballer uh, coming to us with this kind of brief, which is the kind of brief that we want to work with as well. How then do you start defining a project, you know, going from what could simply be um, what 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 the haters call, you know, right-click JPEGs, just simple artwork, to what is eventually the red line, which is, frankly, a, a content series. What is the process of defining what the NFT is going to be um, based around?
1: Yeah, well, I think... It, it came at a really good time that conversation because we were in the process of finalizing the white paper so it was about it being a right the right fit for entourage because obviously there's a lot of projects out there a lot of pfp projects which is profile picture projects which is just sort of an image and there isn't much utility and and obviously Entourage's is uh expertise and um and experience all is kind of in the content space and so we'd already been looking at how we could apply web three technologies to the content experience and so when we when we chatted with phil and and he spoke about his intention to utilize the metaverse um we've been speaking about creating a sports bar in the metaverse and that was an idea that resonated with us with us all and creating a community or like a membership club that people could be part of and i think the key here is that the community is at the center of everything and and been the case for entourage for for a long time even before web 3 the idea was that you drive your you you get ownership of your users yeah. you drive them onto the platform that that you own um rather than a website now it's the metaverse right the metaverse is still while it's a buzzword it's still not that populated and the idea of being able to drive adoption through content and driving those people into a metaverse where they can hang out and experience content is kind of a starting point and then i think building on that it goes even further because we then want to get the fans involved in that content on a level that you can't within web2 so because you have ownership in the community you can decide on on programming you can decide on what challenges the the guests or or talent like phil should be doing you could even you know apply to uh you could audition and, uh, and apply to co-host the show alongside one of the hosts we've brought on board like rachel stringer or, or nabade right that's not utility that, that happens in the web two world. So having that ownership in, in the community and um, and being able to build it out from there, I think is 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 one of the key drivers for
0: us. Um, well let, let, let Andy, let, let me follow up on that because I think it is very difficult for people to understand um, my own heads, getting my head around you know what an NFT should be. I believe it is a combination of what I would call a VIP exclusive membership, you know, uh, and and a collectible. Together, it's two of these things together. Um, the, the first part of it is everything you said, you have to give benefits to, um, in some ways people could say, this is the modern version of the old fan club. Um, and then, you know, ho- hopefully uh, the, co- the collectible, like all collectibles, will, will, will increase in value. And then in the middle of that is is the utility. So to give the utility, you have to create the product. And in our case, the product is some kind of like chat show uh, around sport, a sports bar where people can engage and and talk. And as you say, get really unusual access to um, the stars of the show. Is that a fair assessment, Andy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say the the product, of any NFT project or any successful NFT project is the community. The, the content is just a unique way in order to kind of facilitate interaction with that community and in order to kind of um, drive adoption of the of, of NFTs, but also the metaverse and, and kind of bring people in. Because right now it's a very closed loop. So having this content that we can put out that people can resonate with and want to be part of is a way to bring people in. I think it goes deeper than just if you buy this NFT, you get access to some content. Because obviously there's a lot of great content
0: That's right. on, YouTube,
1: on YouTube, right? Like it's not, it's not the content you're buying. It's the access. It's the, it's the bragging rights. It's the community that you're part of. It's the fact you're rubbing shoulders with high level athletes and you're in a, in an environment where you can actually engage because, and Phil can speak to this a lot better than I can. Like social media has become a place where you can't really communicate with athletes because it's just a toxic place. It's, it's horrendous. It's too much noise. Um but I'm sure Phil can speak about that a lot better than Well, I
0: let, 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 let me ask you, Phil, because I think community is the center of this. And and you know, if you look at other communities that have kind of grown around content, the two that spring to mind for me are the Barstool guys that came out of um Boston sports of all kinds and that kind of like bro culture and then they became what they became. But they started off as a community and they still are a community. And then you've got other things like Arsenal TV, which some people think it's fake, it's contrived. Others will say it's uh, listening to the fans, that the fans were never given a voice. Give me an idea, Phil, about the kind of conversations and kind of community interaction you are wanting to create with what was originally called Phil and Friends and 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 you know so what's your vision about how this community based around yourself how it's going to grow
2: well i think just to touch on quickly what like what you said is that the community the project is nothing without a community so building the communities is 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 so key to all this and it's having that interaction with the community so i don't just want to be just a bit part of that community i want to be at the forefront of this this is I, I'm, I'm very passionate about this and if i'm very passionate about something i give it everything i've got and I want to be able to engage with these people through Web3, through our metaverse, through our Red Lion Sports Club, and like you said before, that yeah, the, the NFT is not just not just about the artwork. Of course, it's got to be nice artwork that you're attracted to. Everybody everybody's trying to create the Mona Lisa, but you know, it's about it's about the the, the it's about the utility. It's about building that building that friendly, family orientated environment for people to feel at ease feel free to come along and talk chat about things have influence in the content and and that's something that that they're going to have a major part of and that's something that's that's very key from the start that I wanted to make sure that that happened and yeah I want to be I want to be at the forefront yep. of it and I want to I want to enjoy it it's, it's fun it's exciting this is this is yeah a new experience for most people um for, for myself seven months ago I didn't have a clue about it and and now I'm 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 much further down the line. I'm still learning every single day, but I want we give, all are. we I all give, are. I want to give those fans as well, you know, the, the 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 chance to to learn about like what I've gone through in the last six or seven months because I think it's important that you get the the two audiences. So you've got your audience who are already heavily involved in the metaverse and in that sort of space, and they understand it and they understand everything that goes on there and how to navigate themselves around there. But also you're you you you've got to shoot it to the audience who who aren't as, as, as clued up, and who who want to get involved, but need that help, need that guidance, need that reassurance. And, and this is exactly what we're creating and trying to, you know, get people talking and get people involved.
0: Yeah, so it's not just going to be yourself and it's not just going to be sport. You're bringing together um, a whole lot of what I would call very interesting people that i've got the right personality but also i've got very interesting things to say about their specific loves whether it's music whether it is the new web3 community whether it is sport and not just football can you give us a wee bit of an idea of the kind of profile of people you're thinking of having in this original community and in and, and you know on the top table of the sports bar at the start
2: yeah i mean we've we've discussed a lot of um content that we're, we're going to create. Um, I think we were um, speaking to a few golfers. Um, so the golfing industry would, would be great. Obviously the Masters on at the minute. So that's a, a huge buzz, a huge excitement around that, which would would be nice. Um, you know, with the F1 people, maybe we could, um, you know, work yeah. with, with, with F1. Um, and that that's, that's the one thing I want to reiterate, that this isn't just a football club. This is a sports club. This is a sports club that, is is wanting people to come on and, and talk about whatever sport they're interested in because that's what we love. We're all here because we love sport and we're all here because we want to build a community that loves sport and can interact with people and create friends. But yeah, the golf, the F1. Um I think we talked about the cricket as well, um, which is hugely popular as well. Yeah, yeah the basketball would be great, you know, the the, the the NBA finals, um, the NFL with the the Super Bowl would be would be awesome too. So you know, even even in the gaming industry would be would be massive. I know how much you know getting Rachel and Nabade and on board is brilliant for us because they're
0: Well talk a little bit about those two. T- tell us a little bit about these two these two content creators. Why did you choose them? Because
2: they're good at what they do and, and uh, the, the, they're super exciting to have on board with us. Um, you know, they've already gave us some some great examples of what we can do down the line. Um so again, all these people that have been involved in the process all have a, an angle that they're coming from, but it's all it's all great for the, for the, for the project moving forward. And, and these two people have been brought in to really help drive it and, 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 you know, create the content with us and present those, those shows that we're going to create, uh, that the fans will have a lot of influence in, in as well.
0: So, so Phil, um, the, the, the idea I'm getting, which obviously I like a lot, I think if we get the right combination of people, I think it is going to be a very cool place. Uh, but it is going to be centred a lot around you. Now, um, that means you're going to have to be there a lot. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to be present. And you're probably going to have to have an opinion that goes from who's going to win the Masters to the NBA Finals. NBA Finals, can Ferrari keep the thing going in Formula One? Is that something that's going to play naturally to you? Or are you going to, will it end up being a job for you, I guess is what I'm saying?
2: But I never see anything as a job. If you love it, you know I love I love football. I don't see football as a job because, you know, I get paid to play football. It's it's incredible. So as a young lad, that was that was amazing. <laughs> so, so this is, this is this is not a job for me. This is something that I'm I said before. I'm very passionate about. I want to be at the forefront of it. I want to have opinions and give opinions and, and interact with these fans over those opinions over different content that we're creating. And, and yeah, I want to have fun. I want to engage in that because I feel like in this, in this space, it's really, I think Andy touched on it before. It's really exciting to, to speak to those people because these people that are getting involved in our project, hopefully are genuine people that want to be a part of it where the other social media platforms, it's very accessible for people to, you know, not feel at ease and, and to to come under a lot of criticism, a lot of, a lot of hate, a lot of, you know, you know, you know the whole song and dance. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. no, it's very important, and, and yeah, I'm super excited about it. I really am. I can't wait.
0: But can I? Can I ask you, Phil? You touch. You touched on that. Um, is there any element of this, and it's it's coming across great? I think. Um, I'm learning stuff that I didn't know, even though I'm <laughs> with Arturaj. Um Is there any element of this Phil, that is a reaction to how? Unfairly, uh, you personally have been treated on social media. Is this you saying I'm going to show you how it should be done?
2: Um, that's a good question. I mean, I've had a lot of issues with social media over the over the past few years. One that I've stepped away from and, and 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 been better for it. You know, I've I've had to deal with them demons in the past, and 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 but you know, I'm 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 a much better person and much better. I have a much better outlook on it and an outtake on life in general now, um, and people could look look at that and think, "Well, what's he talking about? You get paid all this money to play football, blah blah blah." But it doesn't matter how much money you earn. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. Everybody has the same level of of sort of how much they can tolerate. And 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 unfortunately, yeah, I came off social media a long time ago. But this is would it would it is it a case of me wanting to say? well this is what we've created over here it's a much better space than over there yeah maybe maybe it is a little bit but it's not it's not in spite it's 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 just something that i feel that the more projects like ourselves take off and the more the more engagement we can get with those people to bring them over to this side is 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 huge because i think it's such a a friendly orientated space where people can just interact with one another, knowing that it's just genuine conversations. They want to create friends. They want to become part of communities and help them grow and, and have something to show for it. And yeah, I think it's just a really cool space to be a part of and uh, a non-toxic environment and something that, you know, I've, I've, I've learned over the past six or seven months, you know, when I first went on discord, I'm, I'm, I'm typing and I'm thinking, Oh, what's people going to say? Some are going to fire something back. But Everybody was so helpful and wanting to help you sort your problems out that you had on discord, whether it 's like minting or being a part of raffles or competitions or the content or or anything it was just they were just so super helpful, and that was the big reason why I wanted to get involved uh, involved in, in a project for myself I yeah. think <laughs> yeah. it's
0: really great andy um one of the things I wanted to ask about that um. I think this is quite a, a, an interesting subject that's much wider than, than than this project here. You know, all the talk about how you regulate social media and, and I'm gonna, and I can't go, not gonna say that word because I'm not gonna get it today. Um, people not being able to be traced. Um, mm. The blockchain kind of changes that, doesn't it? You come on and you have to own what you're saying and how you're behaving. Is that one of the big benefits of Web3?
1: Yeah, I mean it's decentralized. So, like, obviously, it started. Its roots are in um, in kind of people that wanted to be anonymous. But I still think that there's everything's tracked, right? And if you're part of a community, then you're then you've bought in, right? And you have ownership in that community. So, like, what's the point in burning the house down if you're inside, right? On social media, you can create a a troll account, and there's plenty of them. If you look at any football footballer or football clubs posts, it will be. It will be thousands of uh, profiles all using random footballers' images, uh, just slating whichever yeah. team or players. If you've got to buy in, even if it's a small amount, and with this project specifically, like we're not trying to price people out. Like we will, we will release them at a reasonable price, and we're also going to do future drops um, specific to each sport as the community kind of determines. But they'll also be be priced reasonably to try and let fans in that want to be that want to be involved but i think just having that ownership almost like having your credit card on file on social media it just is a deterrent for that's
0: what i think yeah
1: things right like and i think that's going to be highly appealing to athletes and it's not just phil right like look at a number of athletes i mean rashford or tyrone mings some of the some of the stuff that players uh, screenshot from their DMs and, and share with
0: us just unbelievable
1: and I'm sure it's not even the it's only just the iceberg right like the top of the iceberg but um, like some of the stuff they get is is horrendous right and if they can be in a community where they actually get to engage because there's plenty of really reasonable fans out there it's just the reasonable fans aren't the ones that comment they just end up almost feeling left out the they, don't, they don't want to get they don't want to get involved because there's just too much noise there um yeah so you almost have this this position where athletes are already starting to step back from social media and just leave it to social media managers to run on their behalf because they they're tired of it if we can find a if we can be the people that create the first community and i'm sure there'll be plenty of others that create similar projects it's not about being the only one that does this right like i think that's god no um i think that's a key point right like we're not trying to be the only one that the attitude towards competition is very different with web3 everyone wants to help everyone which is a nice which is a nice attitude i mean maybe it's slightly naive but i think it's a nice attitude to have um but i think it would be highly appealing to athletes particularly if they can come into these communities and they can hang out and i don't think we want to necessarily go full barstool or arsenal fan tv um where it's quite bro-culture or, again, quite negative. Like, but if it's a friendly environment where athletes can be themselves, there's plenty of athletes that, that don't want to be pundits and slate their fellow professionals every week, that, but do want to have a, have a relationship with their fans. And um, this can be the community for them to hang out and, and actually... I, I
0: think that's right. I, I always say this. The, I think the, the modern generation, call them Gen Z if you want, they they, they think differently. Um, and, and I see with my own children, they've got a different attitudes uh, to uh, hating and negativity. So I get all of that, Andy. I get all of that. Uh, but let's come back to the reality of the world we live in, which is a world of cynics and people don't like people getting out of their lanes and things like that. Um, Everybody would want to ask the question. Look, we've seen all kinds of stuff in the NFT space. We've seen players get behind this, that and the next thing. We've even seen um, Liverpool last week do an incredibly underwhelming NFT launch. Get You've got to give me, Andy, some, something to play with here about why this is different why we, we, and we do believe, why we absolutely believe that this ticks all the boxes and it's not fake um, fan engagement and it's not, you know, quick, you know, um, pump and dump in and out. Um, Why are we asking people to buy this and why will it not be another kind of, like, disappointment for them?
1: Okay. um, I think I'll probably break that down into a few parts, but... Take your time, mate. In terms of the Liverpool... In terms of the Liverpool launch, like I think they did a lot of things right from, from an education perspective. Their video was quite informative for, for the newbies. Um, I think maybe they went slightly too far that way and forgot about the existing communities within Web3, failed to resonate with them, which kind of left them um, in an awkward position. I think you do, need, you do need the buy-in of the traditional Web3 community, which we've tried to... Well, we, we obviously have brilliant partners like Rarestone obviously Charles Reed was on the previous episode so we've got these these great relationships with the current ecosystem I think it's it's hard if you're the new kid on the block you try and do something in a space and you don't even make an effort to speak or consult with the people that are already there so I think that was probably Liverpool's biggest issue as well as that they launched a very high volume like they launched over 100,000 NFTs and at that point it becomes a fan engagement tool that would probably be best off being something they, they give away for free and then using it as an onboarding for for fans, so to educate fans. So, yeah. so Fnatic, for example, which is a gaming organization, did something like that where they released the Fanatic keys for free. And by doing that, a number of fans that perhaps were curious about NFTs, first off you you remove the the guard that people are like, oh this is a scam, you're trying to take all my money because it's free. But they buy they, they then go and download a wallet and they they mint an NFT And they get to kind of understand the the purpose of an NFT and, and like how it allows them, you know, access to a community and they get special discounts and things like that. So I think Liverpool would have been better off going that route and then potentially if that went well, they could then launch, you know, they could then monetize it and launch NFTs that provide additional value that cost money and they would be then pitching to an audience that already has crypto wallets. I think where this is different for us is like, this isn't a mass adoption, like appeal to every football fan in the world and get them all to buy our NFT. This isn't like Liverpool or Socios where you're trying to get every fan on board. This is this is a niche like project, right? Like 4,444 NFTs. If you put that many people inside Old Trafford, and then you have to remember like a lot of these people would be buying more than one potentially. You're not filling up much of the stadium. It's going to look pretty empty. So this is for like a small amount of fans that really find the metaverse interesting, want to learn more, want to be able to engage with interesting sporting talent, including Phil, including connections of Phil, including gamers that Rachel brings on board, including, including other athletes that we're working with and that we're, that we're hoping to announce soon. And then about connecting with them through content, through games, through in real life events, and ultimately through a kind of metaverse location that means fans that are all over the world can be, can be in the same room together.
0: Yeah. Phil, uh, just following up on that, I remember from that first call we had, you were very, very keen that the pricing and the segmentation of the NFTs uh, were going to be fan friendly. Um, do you think the way the project has come out now has kind of matched your aspiration on that? Is is there the right level for the normal fan uh, boy or girl to get involved in this and, and, and get the right kind of like utility and value for money, you think?
2: Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean we've we've been back and forth the conversations with with Andy and then the other guys and making sure that we, we get that right, that's that was important as well. Um we don't want to price people out of something that they really want to be a part of. Um so that was definitely important and making sure that everybody has has the chance to go on and to go and own own a, a red lion um and have that sort of you know, when I when I've minted things in the past on different projects and myself and learning about it, you know, it, it's such a cool thing to own. It's like owning like it's like owning a new watch or like it's such a, a nice thing to own. A nice thing to have, and it's one of your assets and and you know, an asset that has has a lot of utility too. And like Andy just touched on, then we're you know hoping to um, unveil some 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 athletes in 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 the not too distant future. Um, and it's just going to be an environment where these people can get really close to these these athletes, and um, yeah, I think the price is, is definitely been valued right, and I think that they've got a great chance of being a part of something that's that's unique. Hopefully, something that's fun, uh, something that can have a lot of influence on, um, and, and yeah, have a real chance of getting up and close and personal with with athletes that you can't necessarily do on the other side of, you know. You, you can queue up for hours and hours to get a photograph or an autograph with someone outside Old Trafford or a sporting. You've not got a chance because there's that many people there. There's that many people wanting that. So um, to be able to get up close and personal with these athletes in this project and and own something that's that's got value to is is I think is is super cool.
1: Yeah, and just to contextualize that slightly further, right? If you if you look at um, like a really popular business like Cameo, which is basically where athletes will sell like what 20 second videos of themselves where they do shout outs for people's birthdays and stuff if you look at the price athletes are charging for a one-off video you're looking at like you know hundred dollars up to like a thousand dollars for you know a shout out that's actually pretty one directional because while they've got your name like they're not actually interacting with you
0: yeah, I, um, I must admit, I don't like that at all. And and you know, as I say, as a, a cameo. This is the not, opposite of cameo in my mind. Yeah, but this,
1: this shows the demand, right? That people do want to be able to connect with with fans. But this is a lot more authentic and a lot more two directional. Because rather than just getting a a shout out video like once on your birthday and you're and you spend whatever hundred and twenty dollars on it, you pay this price for access to the community. Well, first off the value isn't gone immediately right it's not just like a transaction and the money's gone the nft holds the value so if the community becomes something really cool and really powerful there's potential that you actually sell it off for more afterwards imagine it like this right if you joined a facebook group and there was only you know you were one of the first listeners of are you not entertained in the first thousand and you bought an nft in order to get access to that community and now are you not entertained is winning you know sports business podcast of the year And it's a super valuable community to be part of because you're rubbing shoulders with all the top people in the industry. If you were one of the ones that got on early and engaged with it from an early point and you were sharing stuff on Facebook and you were sharing stuff on Twitter on their behalf because you wanted the the show to do well, then you're rewarded for that financially. Not just, just, um, you're more valuable than the person that comes on two years down the line because you've got that.
0: Following on from that, Andy, this is a technical thing, but I think it's important. You said that there's 4,000, 4, at the start yeah. in the community. If the community grows as it will, because, you know, I think people will understand that this is going to be a really nice place and a different place. What do you do? Yeah. Do you issue new NFTs or is it just a secondary market where you buy and sell yes. them? So the, the
1: 4,444 will be the, the founding members or the founding lines within the club. And then we're going to launch sports specific clubs. So in probably June, like late June or early July, we're going to launch the red Lion football club, which will be a fixed price auction. So there'll be options for fans to get on board because obviously if the community becomes super desirable, as we hope it will, there's not, there's like the potential that fans get priced out. So the idea is that whenever we launch a new sports club, we'll go back to that low pricing to let some fans get on board early. And then if they communicate and engage with the project, they then have the opportunity to get in and get access to some of the content. So if they, right, if, we okay. launch, if we were to launch, for example, the Red Lion Football Club, and then, you know, three or four months later we launched the Red Lion Golf Club, this is just an example that will be decided by the community what we launch after the football club. The holders of the, of the football club or the golf club will have, access to the football content or the golf content but not both but the holders of the the founding collection will have access to both so while you're diluting the supply like you're increasing the supply so you you're ultimately diluting it right but by adding extra, by by adding extra utility in the fact that they now have access to football content and golf content you're adding an extra layer of of uh, value to the original holders so every time you add a new club the originals benefit as well as I hear you. As well as the new people
0: that get on board. Phil, um, again, coming back to the thing I said at the start, I was joking about the, the gas fees, but not really. And then, you know, you you, you dropped in there the last time that you you kind of like experimented with minting on your own. W- was it you that, that said you, you want this thing to be on Solana? because the gas fees are low why solana why why this particular metaverse will people be allowed to interoperate with other things give me i mean i myself am a little bit confused about all that
2: yeah the initial conversation i had i think with yourselves was um no i don't don't if someone's paying good hard earned money to be a part of our community i don't want the gas fees to be astronomical at the same time so they're paying double just because they want to be a part of the community that's 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 not fair, right? So, you know, you wouldn't go to the to the you, you wouldn't give someone a, a thousand pound tip after a, a restaurant or whatever. So I think to make sure that the gas fees were were non existent really. So I think that's one of the main reasons why we went with Solana. I think Andy, you were um, you know, when you presented that 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 chance to 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 go with them, that was a no brainer for us to to really help the fans and the people who really want to be involved to you know access it through a minimum the minimum price that they can they don't have to pay extra um so yeah that that was that was that, good. Was, that was important
0: good so like when you look at all of this and you set it out one of the things guys um that this people who want to understand here there are a lot of very important people behind this project uh, in what what we know is the 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 web 3 um, kind of like investors and influencers world. Why have guys like Charles Reed, Rarestone, and others? Why are they attracted to our type of NFT compared to what seems to many people, you know, one sprouting out every day? What is it? And, and obviously, you're going to see many of the same things you've said before. But these guys are cold-nosed investors, Andy. What is it they like about this?
1: Yeah. So I think the the key point is that the the web three community in the nft like the amount of people that hold nfts or, or have crypto wallets is still very small and therefore sport more generally is is a very like sort of interesting opportunity for investors in order to grow and kind of increase adoption of this new tech i think sport is probably more appealing than most just because you have these ready-made communities in sport that you don't have in many other fields uh, obviously the they apply also to music and, and fashion and things like that, which is why there are other areas which are kind of being explored by by projects. I think in terms of Entourage specifically, I think it's kind of what I touched on at the start. It's the fact that there isn't many other projects, I can't think of any that are, that are going to use content in the way we are to kind of like bridge the gap between Web 2 and Web 3, because we'll be able to stream content into a metaverse sports bar, but also simulcast it to to twitter or to instagram or to facebook and then and then we can cut off the stream and say unless you're part of the community the live q a is only going to be for members that are hanging out in the metaverse so i think the, sa- the same reason rights holders have been interested in entourage and kind of driving ownership across to that oh no i think the same thing's true for web 3 investors and metaverse projects like solace and like the ones being supported by Animoca that they're interested because of that opportunity to drive adoption and to drive users across to these new tech
0: yeah Phil here's one that's a little bit um, cheeky but I think it's funny you know we've seen Crawley Town um, football club uh, just been bought by uh, Wagme um, which are obviously that community of crypto web 3 investors <laughs> Tell me, is there anything in the back of your head, Phil, that one day you want to own a football club through this mechanism?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that was one of the, (laughs) I can't can't deny it. That's one of the the first conversations.
0: There's your sound bite, Sean. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's
2: one of the first initial conversations I had with with John um, was, and, and he mentioned it to me. He was like, you you understand like what you can do in this space and like how you can, how you can use it. And a hundred percent is the answer that that's something that definitely in the future I would, I would, I would want to do and I would be, or would be open to doing, but I think um, first and foremost, we need to make sure that we, we get this project to a place where it's, 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 people can see, because it's all right, us saying, but people need to see it first, that it has got longevity to it and it's just a, a sustainable project that people can feel they're going to be a part of for a long time and like we touched on before, it's not just some pump and dump, see you later, thanks for your money sort of thing. No, it's not like that at all. It's, it's, it's exactly what we explained it before of, of the community. It's really yeah. well-driven by them and, and, and have their influence. But
1: we're going to have the boardroom and the community is going to be able to vote on all the decisions that the that we make in terms of 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 things like that. So we're not a DAO, but we're kind of operating in, in a similar fashion to a DAO. So there's definitely an opportunity to one day create a DAO that that goes into the kind of sports ownership basis if that was what the community wanted to do. But it would have to Hell be yes. the community <laughs> decision and like
0: yeah, Phil and I are right yeah. on for that. And uh, you can you can write that right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I think another thing that JJ's interested in, um, uh, yeah, that being Johan, who's been on some of these previous ones, is kind of moving into the acquisition of sports rights and being able to stream sports rights into the metaverse and then having a subscription model or a crypt model where people can can buy tickets to attend, like essentially like a pay-per-view, but it would be in a in a sports bar in the metaverse that's
0: another right kind of so that, that let me let me just play that back to you if i'm hearing you there the nft is like a digital ticket um mm-hmm. where you're getting access to um the game video stream um, and like some people who keep the stubs of their ticket as a collectibles that nft would become a ticket collectible and this you guys believe i i still need to get my head around it a little bit but you guys believe that this is the the future of sports subscriptions is that right
1: yeah. So I mean, imagine it like this, right? Imagine we imagine we got the rights or we, or we agreed a deal with a, with a prominent broadcaster to get the rights to stream, I don't know, a boxing match into the Redline Sports Bar. But obviously we only have 4,444 members. So we could, we could then sell tickets that give people one-off access to the sports bar for that event. And then the money that we generate through the ticket sales doesn't have to be that much, right? Is then put back into the community to fund To fund stuff for the Red Lion, so it becomes not just a lifestyle brand or venue it becomes a it essentially becomes a metaverse media business
2: yeah I mean I mean, can you imagine how cool it would be if you say take the World Cup, for example, and you was you was rubbing shoulders with athletes who who you'd followed for a long time on social media, but you was actually engaging in, in, in watching the World Cup with them live because you've managed to get a ticket to be to be part of that as well, which you know all these things are so so cool so. And and it's not it's not a million miles away, so it's yeah. exciting.
0: Yeah. We well, did. I think I think that's the exciting thing that, that yeah. Phil, you've got this vision. You know, like frankly, you're the guy that's driving all of these kind of like what you want it to be, how it needs to be for the fans. Um, but one question I want to ask you, um, and 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 you know, we'll get on to this. Um, you know, maybe we don't even put it out as the podcast. But one of the things I want to ask you is. Whenever you get into things about content from famous people, they're all kind of like media trained these days and they don't say what they think and they come out with stuff that ultimately is safe but relatively um, asinine. It's kind of boring. Um, how are you going to like be able to talk well without it creating a headline and a tabloid the next day, Phil?
2: Yeah, I mean, I want to be able to give my opinion on things, and 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 that's something that I don't think you have a voice. You know, I, I feel like athletes don't really have that voice enough. They don't, they don't have a chance to speak enough, and everything they do say just gets shot down immediately. But I feel like once once we've got the community involved and we're we're interacting with that community and having a real good, you know, friendship and groups that we've we've got going on, then I feel like having an opinion isn't is 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 absolutely fine and more than you know I wouldn't expect it to be the, the back pages of a paper the next day or anything like that because you know it's it's, it's 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 the community that's driving it so you know they're not just coming for me they're coming for the community as well so I get what you're saying it could it could it could be an issue down the line but it's not something that I see will would, would have any impact in, in what we're going to do and I want to be as authentic as possible I want to be as as, as down to earth and, as, and as, as interactive as I can I don't want to give cliche answers that you see on tv interviews every single day that like you said yourself get people get bored of and i want to have i know i want to have genuine conversations with genuine fans who have a real interest in our project
0: well i mean uh, listen this is this is coming across great i mean uh i know that your plan here isn't to become the next gary lineker but um i think your intentions are are, are absolutely correct here let's continue a little bit to give somebody people more than an idea of of phil jones the 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 kind of like commenter commentator on things and not just so when you're in this thing you're not going to be the interview you're almost going to be the other way around you're going to be the main host the, the the person that's that's making everybody feel comfortable so let's let's talk a little bit about you know something that i personally would love to hear your view about and so i'm imagining we're already in the red line um around Leiden club so you know i watched that game that you played was it wolves that game you played against phil
2: yeah they did uh, yeah, yeah.
0: and like and like i mean how did that feel at the end when you know universally uh, in the stadium and on that um thing we talked about earlier the twitter how did that affect you internally after all the struggles you've had humanly how, what were you feeling in that moment
2: well I think it was first and foremost it was it was, an, it was it was an emotional day because obviously people know that I've been out for a long time and you know you, there's a lot of thoughts that go through your head in that period and um, you know there's a lot of times you're watching the lads going out to training and you, you can't take part of that and imagine having something that you love so much being ripped away from you and it was it was so tough it was a, such a tough period but Yeah, that was a a, a very emotional game. Um, You know, I don't think my my girls, my two little girls, I don't think they're old enough to even see me play the last time I played. They didn't understand. So for them to be at the game, my wife and my friends and my family to be able to see the game and just to be a part of it and and, and to play well. I mean, it sounds awful saying this, but even if I didn't play well, it was such an achievement to be back out on the pitch and for them to see me play football. You know, it's nice for me now to, to know that my... My two little girls, and all that. Daddy plays football rather than well, I'm going to work. With what do you do at work? You know, it's, it's difficult. So, you know, from that perspective, it was it was a it was a huge achievement for, for me me, my friends, and my family. Um, and yeah, but I, I touching on, on on what you said, I think in the social media world, and in, in that sort of side of things, I almost think that people have to go through so much and so much hate and so much volatile situations on that sort of platforms that it takes that much for people to realise or, or for them to be an article in a paper or, or, a, or a TV show somewhere along the line where people are like, hang on a minute, he's actually getting caned here, he's actually getting, absolute, he's getting absolutely battered, like this isn't normal, this isn't normal in any any other workplace and it wouldn't be tolerated in any other workplace. So why are we as footballers should we should we tolerate that what because we earn a lot of money or we tolerate because we earn a lot of money well that doesn't make sense um, so but I think they have to go through that and then all of a sudden the next minute they're you know they're seen as the heroes online and stuff like that, but they've had to go through so much to get to this end as well, which they shouldn't have to go through that it should just be a civil environment anyway but but yeah that, that going back to that game it was it was a huge moment for me and, and I think I said in a previous interview that I've won the Premier League with Man United, which was which was the pinnacle of you know, I never thought I would do anything like that as as a young lad, so it was amazing. But for me to play in that game as well was 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 definitely up there with, with that because of everything that had gone on and you know, I remember the emotions of feeling after the game and you know, it, it gives me goosebumps now just thinking about it because you know, when, when you love something that much and you're passionate about something that much, then you know, those are the emotions that, that run with you.
0: Well I mean it gives it gives me goosebumps as well because you know afterwards you see all the 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 images you know of the team coming out and everybody's um, and and you're the only one kind of like jumping in the sky and you're clearly well everybody interpreted that as you being in a different frame of mind from from everybody else and people could see that it meant so much to you and you know you say oh, I played well you know to be out for so long to be thrown in like that and to stroll through that game. What I want to ask you, Phil, is this. I think I know a a fair amount about football. I'm not an expert, but a fair amount. I think, you know, your type of player, there's not that many that I think have been around. You know, what I'm talking about is central defence and central midfield. I can think of Desai. I can think of Thiago Silva. I can think of Baresi. You are still only, what, 30? Thirty-one, yeah, thirty. Like, I mean, what what's the next step for you? Because people will see that Wolves game and say, I, "I I want that. I'm going to back the truck up, and I want Phil Jones." What's the next step for in your career, Phil?
2: Yeah, I feel, I feel like I've got so much more to give, and you know, I, I say it all the time, and it's easy to, it's easy to say, but you've got to back it up with with performances and and, and being available to play and. You know, I've been available to play, but I've not been able to back it up with as many performances as I, as I would have liked. But um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying, desperate, and you know, I'll give absolutely everything to the cause um, to, to, to 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 be able to do that. Um, you know, I wanna I wanna play for for, for for more years. I feel like I've got, I feel like I feel like I'm young still. I feel like I'm only 26. I mean, I've missed a lot of football, so you know, I feel like I'm still young. I'm still fresh. I'm fit, and I try and keep myself in the best possible shape I can. and um you know train and eat right and and all those things and and, but also get the family life and the balance between the football and the family which is which for me is is massively important um so yeah I want to play I want my kids to grow up and watch I want I want my you know I want I want them to be able to to know and really understand and um yeah to be able to cheer me on and support me at games and and to, to enjoy playing football I mean I think having been through everything that I went through and I think the one thing that I came out with it was I just I just don't have any fear anymore. There's no fear. Like you you go and play football and you walk off the pitch and you go home to your families. I mean fear fear is fear is being in Ukraine right now, not not trying to get three points on a Saturday. Like, don't get me wrong, it is it is absolutely the, the my paramount when I make it paramount when when we go out onto the pitch and we walk on, th- when we cross that white line, it's absolutely essential that we get three points. And I would die to get, you know, I sure sure do well. anything to get that. But fear should be what's happening in those sort of countries. And fear is not being able to put food on the table and, and, and for families and stuff like that. So I don't have any fear anymore. And that's the best part of, of of myself and the best version of myself I can give to people now is that I don't have any fear and I'm just excited to play football and excited to, go on different adventures like this one and um, yeah, super excited about the future.
0: That's that's great. I think that gives people a great idea of the kind of person that will be in the sports bar um, that owns the sports bar. So uh, Phil, I'm going to wrap it up here a little bit. I mean, I'm delighted with how this has gone. And the main thing I'm going to leave with you How can people get in on this early? I hope that I've reached my objective today to give them an idea of the asset that they have got the opportunity to invest in and and, and the kind of uh, uh, values that it has. If anybody like me wants to get involved early doors in this way of thinking in this community and with Phil's um, sporting values, what do they need to do next mate?
1: Yeah, sure. I think the best option would be to, to head to our website, which is redlinesportsclub.xyz. And there's links there to the Twitter and to the Discord as well. And uh, also they can just get in contact with me or anyone at Entourage, Sean, Johan, and we're more than happy to direct them in the right, in the right uh, way if they, uh, if they need any help.
0: Great stuff. Phil, Andy, um, thank you so much for your time. I think that's been really useful, not only as content for my podcast, not only as uh, an explanation of Red Line, but um, for for football fans everywhere to hear you, Phil, I think it's been really, really useful. So uh, thank you and have both a great weekend. Thank
2: you very much, you too. Take care. Cheers, Roger. Bye-bye.